Hey, hey, hi, everybody. Hi. Someday, I'm going to learn how to start a podcast. I've only been on 3,000 of them. Welcome to another glorious episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. My name is Jeff May, and I have a very cool friend with me. She is one of my favorite people to beat the crap out of me, but also she is an incredible author and a huge basketball fan, which was an interesting thing to find out. And also one of one of one of my cool friends. So let's give it up for Iva Marie Palmer, everyone. Hi. 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 It's great to be here. I am honored to, you know, I think the real news here is that I am someone's cool friend. You are um, that, Yeah, it, I mean that's a big news. That's to be the cool friend that's you're like unheard I of. didn't yeah. know not that. sure about that we met at at my boxing gym at our boxing our gym. boxing gym although you haven't been there a lot have you oh you go well, Sunday I mean, I, morning I go I go I go what like at least I try to go there once a week but yeah I do miss sometimes yeah I'm I'm more of a occasional person yeah. it's it's funny An occasional regular an occasional, yeah, you're, you're a casual, we like to say in this, which is yeah. why your jaw doesn't hurt as bad as mine does right yeah. now. But you, we, we, we met at the gym, you're just very friendly, very cool, and then it kind of, you were like, oh yeah, this is what I do. And you you were telling me you write, you write young adult books. Yeah, young adult and middle grade novels for the last, well, actually for the last, oh God, I'm doing math, 16 years. I think oh, if, wow. I, if I go back to when I started like my ghostwriting, yeah. You were ghostwriting too. Yeah, I ghostwrote when I still, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I, I had, I got the ghostwriting gig because I was messing around with stuff and I, you know, sent it in to audition for a ghostwriting thing. But that's so weird. I that it's like a, an audition for a ghostwriting Yeah, gig. yeah. It, it came to me through, like, I worked at Disney in their web division, and someone I worked with had worked with a teen book publisher who she said, oh, you know, you write. Do you want me to send some of your fiction to my former coworkers? Yep. And I was like, sure. And then I tried out, and I did this kind of, like, Gossip Girl, but in Hollywood and not as popular as Gossip Girl series for a while. What was that? Um, do you do, are you allowed to say what that is when you like what are what's the rules? Okay. So real quick, what are the rules when you are a ghostwriter? I'm sure it's different for everyone. In this case, yeah, I was not supposed to say because the author of the books was not a real person. And there were a few of us who were this person. Oh, so so the name was, was fake. Correct. It was a fake created author. Exactly. Yes. So, and there were more than one of us. Is that I, like Lemony Snicket? Is that no, like he's a real person? That's that's a real Daniel person. Daniel Handler. Oh, yeah. okay, but okay, and he but that's took that name on to do those kids books, but he also writes adult books under his real name. Okay. I think when you ghostwrite, you know, for a celebrity, yeah, it sometimes comes out. Like I know everyone knows who Prince Harry's ghostwriter is now because the guy got paid like. a like a really high rate for ghostwriting. I would think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he got some, I guess he made a best Weirdly, he made it all up too. <laughs> yeah, he made it all up. It yeah. didn't happen. And, but I, I know, you know, but then there's some where it's really a strict NDA and you are not to say. Um, but since these were, these were far in the past, I can tell you the name. I'm sure nobody, I, nobody I'm, cares. I'm, but I'm actually very interested in that because the non-disclosure agreements are fascinating Mm -hmm. in this town because they're like you know like there are some shows i've worked on where the nda was like don't tell anybody what happens and then there's yeah. other ones where i'm on it and they're like if you tell anybody what happens we're gonna sue the shit out of you for like yeah. 15 million dollars yeah yeah no, i mean this was this was less clear i think at this point like 16, yeah, 16 years, years on and the books are not in print anymore 
don't think anyone will care. They were they were called the A list. The A list. The A list, and they were about like teens in Hollywood. And I was brought on to do like kind of a retread of those books with new characters. Like there were ten before I started, and then okay. I did three of them with like an all new set with of a, characters. And and when you were doing three, was there still this consortium of other authors working on these books at the same time? At that point, no. no. Okay. But but you know, so I was the only. So you were one. the steward. I of was the, the, the steward of the A list, and it was kind of at the point where YA was tent trending toward you know, paranormal romance with Twilight and whatnot. So then, you know, it was like, okay, we're sick of reading about rich kids. Like, let's, you know, we're we're going with glittery vampires. And and then that was the end of my tenure with that. But then by that point, I was working on other stuff. Does, if you ghostwrite the A-list, can you like live in LA by just doing that? Or is that a thing where you're like, this doesn't pay enough, I have to continue moving? Yeah, you cannot. I I had been living in LA for about two years at that point, but mm. I had a full time job, and I had to keep that. You know, I yeah. had to keep that full time job. I mean, really, writing in general, and as we're seeing with the writer strike and everything, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are set for life when you get a book published. I think mm-hmm. like that's a question I've gotten even at school visits, like, oh, how rich are you? And it's like, well, I have to do this forever, yeah. you know, <laughs> or I should maybe have other employment too. You know, if you, if you hit, if you hit on something and you, you know, really, you know, you get the the bestseller list and the TV deal and all that stuff and the, the series and licensing, yeah. you might, you can make that ride that out for a while but it's not like everyone's getting stephen king type money yeah i mean stephen king that that happens when you put out a 700 page book every three months yeah i don't know how he does that i'll tell you how he does that he clocks in to write every morning and he writes for eight hours yeah and then he clocks out which is insane to me as a creative i'm like what no i can't do that and i think when i read about him it does it sounds like he's glued to his desk and it also, sound, I mean, at this point, he doesn't have, I think, the same level of self-doubt or fear. Like, he's just no. like, I've done this or so cocaine. many times. Yeah, well, he started with it, though. He barely has enough cocaine in yeah. his body to do. It also, though, here's what I'll say, though. Yeah, not Stephen King, but also Stephen King cranking books out all the time. They weren't all good. No, and I, I honestly think a lot of his work, I don't read all of it, but they're just so long. And I, yeah. I feel like... Maybe you get to a point as an author where they're like, well, we're not going to touch it. And maybe someone should. Like maybe someone, if you read Carrie, which is heavily edited, it's like 250 pages, so tight and like really well done. I, I find that so much more enjoyable than when, you know, than when you go look at get like the these giant book at Costco tome. that yeah. he just put out. And it's like, I, I know that looks like value. Yeah. And yet it feels really long. The value um, in a lot of books to me is being able to get through it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people want that. Let's now. realize that's probably why I like Steinbeck. So it's probably why Steinbeck yeah, is my favorite. It's king of the novella right there. He, oh, yeah. He yeah. Was, a lot of like 100 pages. He's just like, you want yeah. a 45 page story? I got <laughs> I got plenty of them. Yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, I there is. I think it's harder to do yeah. that in a lot of ways than than to just put it all on the page. I just read the new Brett Easton Ellis out of pure curiosity. And it's like 723 pages long clearly not edited i don't i don't want him to get mad he might listen he to is it. a patron so he he, he's on he the is. patreon okay yeah. okay real yeah. surprised when i got that one yeah, yeah i'm sure but wow that book was like i was like he just told someone i'm not going to do anything with this so you can either publish it like this or you know 
Or you can... They, you cannot have it. And yeah. they, they want the book. You know, once, once you're a name, they want your book. Sure. And they want that money and that, that press and whatever. Yeah, he's like, I'm good enough that this is done. Yeah, and exactly. Y- and you read it and you're like, it could have used a little editing. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 And I'm not even an editor, but there are places where I was like, oh, dude, like, <laughs> there's, there's a scene where he gets sent he's like a teenage kid and like he gets sent to like go check out this dead horse that belongs to his girlfriend because the dead the girlfriend's dad's like hey for insurance purposes can you go sign some paperwork i'm like this doesn't even make sense like yeah. i'm Did sure you research people, this? like yeah. at the at the stables could have signed that the, the horse had died you know yeah um, i always find that stuff interesting when you look at like a lot of the research that goes into some like we, we I, I don't know if you'd say higher end but like the the really famous authors when you look at like a chuck palonic or something like yeah. that and he's like oh yeah yeah so i to do this i you know worked in a hospital for three years or something like yeah. that and you're like what i mean that's a major luxury if yeah. you can do that for yeah, sure right? i mean it, it is i I, the, I did a ton of research for my last YA novel that was set in 1979 and it was but that it was would be all called online. give me everything you got that is correct it was originally titled mcmahon that's a little tidbit for your listeners but the publishers were like we don't know if people will get that you know it's really a story about this girl if we have a, a dude's name on the cover yeah so and which is fine that that happens and but that one i did do a lot of of research in terms of like the most fun things were like Watching a ton of commercials from 1979. I mean, really, you can do a lot. I can do. Online. I can f- with watching oh, commercials. Oh yeah, no, it was great. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here watching f- hamburger helper commercials like over and over again to get every detail the right. Energy, you know, yeah. for like one sentence in the book. Um, so yeah, but but fast uh, food commercials are insane from that time. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no, I mean they're all insane. Like there was that. You know, the, just the mascots really need a softened edge after the seventies. <laughs> I don't know if you remember what seventies mascots looked like in in TV for things like McDonald's and stuff like that, but they really did need to soften up well, those yeah, edges. They all look like bit. nightmares. They were right? terrifying. Like yeah. you know, childhood nightmares. Like yeah. here, come to McDonald's Play Place, yeah. where you know like your worst of, nightmares come. Yeah, true. just a lot of Babadooks running around out there. <laughs> yeah, they don't really have as many now. Like we never see like a Hamburglar or. You know, like they don't use them the way they did. I mean, I wonder about that. I wonder if I wonder if Super Size Me had anything to do with it. I think about yeah. that a lot. I was going to say we're not watching the stations where these things come up because remember, commercials aren't really a thing the way they used to That's be. That's true. I mean, I know that the new McDonald's commercial, because I do still have cable and it's and I was watching, you know, the, and you have, young, the you have younger children, yeah, too, right? watching yeah. the play in games yesterday. Like there mm-hmm. were a lot of McDonald's commercials and they have Logan Roy, the, the Brian Cox from Succession mm-hmm. is the voice for like the chicken sandwich. And that I'm like, man, how do we like he never misses the opportunity to get oh, that no. bag? I know. Yeah. I admire it. I'm like, holy sh! He's just everywhere. I mean, and he's he's going to sell me whatever the f- they tell yeah. him to sell me. But remember, though, like when we were younger, McDonald's had commercials that would play in prime time. Oh, but yeah. But they also had McDonaldland commercials that would play on uh, morning on cartoon. mornings and stuff like that. And so we might not have access. You would have probably more access. Then I would, but then again, I'm still watching like Batman shows for pre-K yeah. for, for Tom and Jeff watch Batman. But like you would probably see those more like if your kids were watching something to see. Does it, does, is Grimace still doing shit? I don't think Grimace does shit. Or Mayor McCheese or yeah. the Hamburglar, right? And there was like that Mayor bird Ma- that yeah, they announced. I think, I think once like 
we have chicken now, so we will have a bird. Yeah, bird. In like a purple yeah. outfit. It didn't make and sense. And the McNuggets. Yeah, and the McNuggets. Like, I had us. all the little McNugget cars. Oh, yeah, I remember like, I loved those. those. I was telling yeah. my kids about like how much better Happy Meal prizes were when I was a kid. And Which is wrong because the reason that we say that is because, no, things were better when I wasn't, you know, paying taxes. That's true. Like, <laughs> but they literally, they do agree with me because, you know, they're getting them now and it's like, it, it, you know, they've, they've made them like, oh, you get like a Marvel guy, but he doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands there. Like, yeah, and I mean, they're like, was, oh, you had a car that rolled and like, we, you know, I mean. They it, still get, they still get like Hot Wheels and stuff every once in every a while. Every once in a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I do think in terms of commercials and kids, like mine don't. Like the whole idea of Saturday morning cartoons and you didn't, oh, died, don't get yeah. a choice of what you are going to watch. And, yeah. and it was exciting, though. You'd wake up and it was an event or like what was on after school was an event. Like mm-hmm. you, I'd want no. to be done with my homework so I could watch Double Dare. Streaming um, has... They don't get it. They don't get commercials. And when they saw them, they were like amazed. Like commercials were like actually cooler than the show. Like look at these toys. I mean... trying to get me to buy. This is going to cause a lot of people listening to get very angry at me because I haven't made the show yet. But in researching Radvertising, which was a show that I want to do about 90s commercials. It's literally about extreme advertising between 1992 and 1999. That's awesome. And, And like watching them and like you see like that is also a frozen point in time that you can never go back to yeah. because the commercials were so like some of them were very mean spirited and like they were beating you with the ad. Yeah. They were like, drink Sprite, f- you. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> the whole extreme thing. Yes. Like, you know, if you're not doing yeah. this, you're just a piece of s- who might as well die. Like, so you know, I've yeah, watched I like... I, I've probably consumed, I'm guessing through YouTube, probably about 20 hours of just commercials between 1991 and, and 1999. And it's hard. It's hard. You know what's cra- the craziest one? Here's a preview for you advertising people that are probably pulling your hair out because I haven't had this show after teasing it a year and a half ago. Whoops. Mountain Dew was a country beverage. It was a country ad. It was pickup trucks. It was hay. It was... On the farm soda. I because, feel like I remember that. Well, it was created in the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, okay. uh, Basically okay. as a something to cut moonshine with. It was a moonshine okay. mixer. It was? Yeah. Okay. Did, with, they, did they hype that in the commercial though or no? The bottle, I mean, the original cans was like an old moonshiner. I mean, when you think about the name of it, Mountain Dew, I yeah. mean, that sounds Ooh, like, hey, yeah, you, that's you right. just woke up in the mountains. Put a little of the Mountain Dew in with <laughs> Grandpa's pepper. Yeah. But then... They made the shift to that extreme around 92, 91 or 92, which is, is that like way, X Games area. It's pre X Games, okay. but it is, it's the first start where they start getting into the more like, you know, live fast, live hard kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's, I've, I don't think it's a real reverse kid rock pivot <laughs> okay. where like it went from being this intense. You know, like Kid Rock went from being this intense, filthy thing to be like, I'm a country music dip. (laughs) And Mountain Dew for that, you know. Mountain Dew started as like the country music thing. And then it went into that extreme. Yeah, because now I would just associate Mountain Dew with like, you know, just like I I feel like the jackass era and like gamers and, you know, just yeah, dude staying up all night, like the Jolt Cola faction and Mountain Dew coincided, you know? Yeah. The the Mountain Dew, it was like for like probably fifteen to 
to almost 20 years, it was really just like extreme in your face, surfing, skating, yeah. doing whatever. And then it was gaming, which is okay. like the opposite, which is, you know, like it's, it's like, well, like, now you're on the couch. You're still, but they, there's there's a need to feel like you are doing something when you're game, right? Yeah. And so then it's, and, and you need to stay up all night and you need, you know, fuel for your <laughs> brain and it's weird. Um, it is weird. Do you have a favorite soda? I'm still a Diet Coke head. I, I shouldn't be. Like, people will scold you. I mean, I, I get a Diet Coke. I get a big gulp after boxing all the time. And okay, I'll, like, don't be do walking. That. I know, it's terrible. I, I go and I get it. You're I'll just be walking dissolving past your the gym, bones. Like, like, you know, and, and Adam, who is our boxing instructor, you know, the guy who runs the gym, like, sees me and I'm just so ashamed. Like, you know. <laughs> don't worry. It's just cream. Yeah. It's just cream from the coffee thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I. What about you? Favorite soda? It's Dr. Pepper. Oh yeah. Dr. Pepper is really good. Yeah. Or Mr. Pibb. Cause I, I have a, I have a rule with soda where I only drink it in the movies. Okay. But Smart. it's a way to not go cold turkey because if I go cold turkey, if you break, yeah. then you binge. Yeah. You and, really binge. Like, and I'm a, I'm, I am definitely the person that will binge. Okay. There's no. Yeah. There, there's no getting around the binge for yeah. me. So I, I set those rules where it's like, you're allowed to have soda at the movies. So I'll I'll drink, you know, so a, then you'll a go to big any gulp. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> Need a big gulp. Like at least twice a, a day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> huge habit. But uh, yeah, no, it is one of those things too where, you know, like I work really hard and then I, I have to remind myself that enjoying something that I eat or drink is not sabotaging my hard work. I agree with that. I mean, it's, it, I, I think I like that more than like that you have to do the hard work to earn the thing. Like, I think yeah. it's more just, you could have them as, as separate. I, cause, cause I think I read something the other day where I, I sort of hate where it's like everything has to be connected to some outcome. Like, oh, old, we found that older people like benefit like their heart health benefits from gardening. And it's like, what if they just like gardening? Can they just like gardening sure. for its own sake? Like, I mean, sure. with boxing, I've learned to tell myself it's not for like the, the fitness or, you know, weight loss or whatever. It's, it's, I really just like going, you know, it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's a good community. Yeah. It's, it's one of those communities where if you have enough personalities to make it this way, it's a, it can be a very non-toxic environment. Yeah. Which in recreational exercise is harder than you'd realize. I mean, that's why I keep going to our gym. I really, yeah. I don't, I'm sure there are other boxing studios where I would not have continued to go yeah. over, I know sporadic and I'm casual or whatever. But, You're a cash. But, uh, but yeah, it's not, like our gym is is nice. It's friendly overall. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's none of that, like... Yeah. You know, you don't belong here kind of stuff. Well, it's it's funny because I didn't realize that I am scary. Oh, see, uh, I, you've always been nice to me. Though. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize, I, I saw a picture of me with somebody that I thought was a similar size to me. Okay. And Adam had posted a photo on Adam's boot camp's thing. And oh. I looked at it and I saw, I noticed he was looking up at me and I was a good three inches or so oh, taller like, and, and like really looking scary. And I'm like, I see it now. So, yeah. but that's also why I've been very, I try to be so welcoming and opening to people yeah. and, and like, let me help. Like, let me show you how to do this without making sure that you feel like you're in danger. Oh yeah. It no, can, it never, I, when, yeah. when he's put me in the ring with you, I've never like, yeah. I'm not saying like, you're not, I'm sure you could beat the shit out of me, <laughs> but I don't feel like you, it's all I think want, about. like, I don't, I don't think you want to beat the no. shit out of me. So I don't, 
feel nervous. I think I'm more nervous and I, I don't know. I've never hit anyone. I've never I had to trick you into hitting me. Punched anyone. And I, I don't even think I did a very good job. But you um, did it and that's the way you yeah. get through it. And I, I feel like I have to hit you again at some other point because I just that's the part that I haven't that'll made be the leap over yet. That'll be that the, I can just hit people. We'll make that the Patreon exclusive yeah. content. Okay. It'll just be videos just of you just slugging me in the slugging guts. Slugging the shit out of you. Because <laughs> that other girl, I mean, she just got in. She's like wailing on you. And I'm like, I can't. I just. Like yeah, I'm, she seems like she's working something out there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. do I look like your husband or something? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just have this thing where I'm like, and, and maybe it's like some like inner sense of bravado. Like, oh, shit, I better not hit this person because I'm going to hit them so hard. It's going to break people, their jaw. People are more afraid of hitting somebody than they are of getting hit. That's yeah. something that I've noticed in my travels doing this. And so I have to oftentimes trick people into getting the first hit in because yeah. they're afraid. And so I will literally headbutt their I will headbutt their their glove and be okay. like, all right, we did it. Yeah. You'll notice okay. I'm OK. Okay. And I think I did that with you where I said, you'll notice I'm fine. I'm still talking to you. I'm not mad. I'm still smiling. Let's go. Yeah. Which is fun. Now that does turn on me when I'm fighting with the the bros on Wednesday because Wednesday it's just like all these guys that are in here and I'm just like the I'm the station and Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, good job. And then if I'm saying good job and the next thing I know, I catch a hook to the jaw, which happened yeah. twice this week. Oh, or I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is, I'm going to feel this for a couple of days. Was that Eris? <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. He clipped me. He he apologized, but he he hit me with a right hook right right here on the jaw. Yeah. Right on the end. Like, oh, sorry, man. I'm like, it's fine. It's okay. Because it was. Yeah. But yeah, also no, at the I'm... same time, I'm like, I'm going to feel this tomorrow. Do you feel it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Like even opening my jaw, I'm like, oh. All right. So a lot of times I'll have to leave the gym and I have to put my mouth guard in my mouth and clench my jaw to realign it a little bit. Ooh, ouch. It's not it's not as bad as it sounds. Okay. But also that is a psycho thing. Give me everything you got. Okay. It's a book that you wrote. This is the the most recent the, solo book that you did right there. Yeah, the most recent one to be published. I have another one coming out in June that was a co-author project. But yeah, that was my last YA. It came out in 2020, which was an excellent time to have a book come out. I'm sure any writer on here knows, like July 2020, that was when you wanted. Are you, is that sarcastic or is that real? Because it also seems like (laughs) that is a good time to put out media. Not for me. Like, I mean, I think there, there were heightened book sales, but if you were kind of an author, sort of, I hadn't had a YA book out in a while and. Oh, so you're you know, not going to get like I, the browsing pickups that you yeah, would at a Barnes & Noble. Yeah, you don't get Nova. that. The, the, the publisher was originally going to have this big kind of marketing push for me, and I was supposed to go out to New York to talk about it, and then that was supposed to be in like early April, and obviously early April, no one was traveling what at happened? all. What happened? What? I mean, you know, nothing. You know, the flight got yeah. canceled. No. <laughs> April 2020, spirit. nothing happened. And, and yeah, and then it sort of became like, two weeks before it came out well here we're gonna you know put some ads on instagram you know or whatever you know it was very small we we have to pivot yeah and then and then there was all also like just a lot going on socially like social justice why there were there were people in the streets it was not like a great time to be a blonde lady promoting your your book (laughs) Um, nice book karen yeah Yeah. exactly and it just felt very weird so i didn't i personally didn't even do a lot either knowing that people's eyeballs weren't there and it just looked isn't it bad it's hard to promote anyway 
it's em- awful. It's embarrassing. It's the worst thing I have to do. I hate it more than anything. Oh. And I'm not good at Instagram or like, you know, I'm not even particularly good at Twitter. I'm great at Twitter, like for you're throwing actually, out a one-liner. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. You're you're very good at Twitter. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you but, are. So it's 1979, the age of roller skates and feathered bangs, Charlie's Angels and Saturday Night Fever, and Susan Clintock is a junior in high school with a lot of sexual fantasies, but not a lot of sexual experience. No boy, at least not any she knows, has been worth taking a shot on. That is, until Bobby McMahon arrives. Bobby is foxy. He's charming. And he's also the coach of the brand new girls soccer team. Oh. (laughs) Sure, he's totally 100% completely off limits. Sure, Susan doesn't stand a chance. But that doesn't mean she can't try out for the team to get closer to him. And Susan Clintock has always liked the challenge. Between the endless drills and grueling practices, she discovers something else. She might actually love soccer, but being a part of the first girls team at a school means dealing with some other challenges. As friendship shifts, she finds her real passions might lie in places she didn't expect when the season began, and that discovering who she is will mean taking risks both on and off the pitch. Love, lust, soccer. Acclaimed author Ivor Marie Palmer returns with a fresh, funny, feminist, coming-of-age comedy about learning to take your shot on the things that truly matter. I wanted to read that because I am fascinated by that write-up. Okay, how so? Who is this for? So this, okay, yes. So this is ostensibly for, you know, YA is supposed to be teenagers. Yeah. 14 and up is, I think, the label on there. Yes. It has a big crossover readership too, which is, you know, like women in their 20s, 30s, 40s. I think with this book, what's been interesting is there, there are a lot of readers like my age who kind of remember the set. Like I don't remember. It's the a 70s good. Entirely. It's a good vintage, right? Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be. You um, wouldn't remember the seventies. Right? Yeah, no, no. And but but there's also been I've gotten like emails and stuff from girls soccer players and and other girls like who are in high school still who really dug the book. Yeah, which has been great because I was I was a little worried. Like, am I doing this? for myself, for my age group and not the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the themes are are there, I think. So it's it's for everybody, I yeah. want to say. But what was I getting at? Um, sorry. It's all right. I'm under Burbank Airport, so maybe the fact that a plane flies over us every 15 minutes is... I do that too. Yeah. We're, we're, we're by the airport as well. But yeah, so it's it's for everybody. But for sure, like one thing I really, really dislike is, is writing books with I, I mean I'll do it and I can I can do it I have done it but I love writing about a book where there aren't cell phones and social media because it, it certainly becomes does such make a huge it plot point yeah and for this for the sake of this I really what what happened was you know I was talking to an editor and his kids go to this school where honestly the I guess the soccer coach was this hot guy that all the moms were lusting over and he was picking up the, I was that guy at, that at guy. my old school. I was yeah. the girls' soccer coach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you were. Okay. I was, yeah. Okay. And were were the moms hitting on you? One of the moms told me in private that if I had heard what the other moms were saying in the stands, she's like, you would either run into the stands or leave and never come back. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. and and it's okay to do that to you. Like you, we couldn't do that to like we've yeah, talked yeah, about no, this. I've it. talked about this with friends. Like you know, it's okay. I don't know. Like it's it's, it's funny. funny because no, it's, it's a weird. We were talking about that the other day with with two parents, you know, like, why is it OK to, like, say this about, you know, the, the male coaches, but not the female, you know, and it's. Oh, I got questions because yeah. the boys coach was a woman and I was the girls coach. And uh-huh. so people side eyed us 
Really? And they were like, why is the guy with the girl? And, and, and I, I said, I'm not coaching those animals. Yeah. The yeah. girls were so easy to coach. Uh-huh. The boys, I would, they were nightmares. I was yeah. like, they are eighth grade. Are you kidding? I wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole. How did the female coach do with them? She was, she had mom energy. Okay. She was like yeah. a really cool, like she was like a, not a, I wouldn't call her cool, but she was, she was kind of one of those people where she knew how to be a disciplinarian to young boys who were being a pain in the ass. Okay. And for me, I'd be like, hey, stop f-ing around. Yeah. And yeah. my girls weren't like that. If there was ever yeah. anything, it was like there would be some mean girl shit would happen. I'd be like, I heard some mean girl shit happen and we're going to stop that right now. Yeah. And I think if you were like, I do think as a woman, like I think I'd have trouble like the mean girl shit. I'd be like, oh, I hate the mean. Like I'd have yeah. flashbacks and not be able to handle it yeah. well where I, I could probably deal with yeah. the boys because I think I could just be like, let's stop f-ing around. I really um, only started coaching because the I got like kind of blackmailed into it by the principal. Okay. He was like, hey, I, we need a soccer coach for the girls. And I was about to say no. And he's like, they won't have a team or a season if we don't have a coach. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, I guess I can't say no now. <laughs> and I was not good as I was like reading like fundamental, like, so you want to coach youth soccer? Yeah. Like yeah. pamphlets. I was reading pamphlets to figure oh, out how I'm to not, coach. I never played soccer. My school yeah. did not have a soccer team. I mean, this oh, okay. was sort of based, this was set in my hometown. We, we, we toward, sort of transplanted the idea of this like hot coach entering a school. And we, and when we were talking about it, it was like, it would be interesting if it was in a school that had never had a girls soccer team or maybe no girls sports at all mm-hmm. because, and that was where the title, title nine, and the historic yeah. aspect came in. So, you know, there are people online <laughs> on Goodreads who, who are like with that write up, like, Oh, is this a teacher student relationship story? That's wrong. That and is, you don't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah. That is a scary and, thing um, when you see that. Sure. And, and the whole story, the whole, the whole thing was, I mean, I do think, there were there were there was been a few reviewers who are like that is just so icky having a crush on the teacher that would never happen. I'm like okay, but I don't know that that's true. <laughs> that would never like, happen. Like I would never have a crush on a teacher. I'm like okay, you wouldn't. I had stalkers. But I'm pretty sure that that girls even now in in today's era probably still get a crush on a hot teacher. It doesn't mean they're going to pursue it or the teacher would. But basically, who would ever nice say that? That yeah. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard as a review because that is one of the most common thing that happens. Yeah. And it's it was weird. There's just a lot of book reviewers now where if they don't condone the actions in the book, they don't <laughs> want to read it. Something isn't good because yeah. they don't like the character. It's like, do you not understand how fiction works? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's it's and I'm like, no, you're not supposed to think like, good job, Susan. Like, this is why you should try out for the team because yeah. you're really horny. Like, you know, but but she does. And the point of it is that, you know, she took a chance for she she knows in the back of her head, like nothing's going to happen. But I could hang out with this guy because at least he's not a slime ball like all the guys I go to school with. And then she ends up kind of we hope we hope. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he's not. That was like kind of laid out from the beginning. I didn't want him to be a slime ball. Be a I actually creep, wanted yeah. him to be someone who really was passionate, like wanted girl sports, you know, wanted to coach the team. A good guy. Yeah, a a good guy. He has his own things going on. But but in terms of like student relationships, that's not his style. Now, I have a Um, question about Give Me Everything You Got. Sure. Whose idea was this? Was it your idea to write this book? Or was it somebody that's like, here's what we're looking for? This was like a collaboration. You know, when I I work, I I worked with Alloy for a long time now. And, you know, I, I feel like they're actually 
almost like family to me. Like we talk about like, oh, you know, like they, they, the editor that I was talking to about this coach, he had seen a tweet I sent and he sent me a message about like this guy on his, the, the hot coach. And we were riffing on that, just joking around. And he's like, you know, it'd be cool if you could write something really funny kind of around this, but like, you know, with a different take. And then, yeah. and then we sort of riffed on ideas, but this is mine. I mean, this is even set in like, Powell Park, the the town where she lives, is a version of the town where I grew up. Where's that? It's Oaklawn, Illinois, where there okay. was not a girls' soccer team. There was a boys' soccer team. I think there might be one now. Soccer, though, was always, too. Like, Chicago's, like, the Bears. The Bulls, the, the, Bulls, the Bears, the, the Cubs, the Cubs, the Sox, you know, the Hawks. The Hawks, yeah. And soccer was regarded as, like... Well, you're pretty, yeah. you're girly if you play soccer. What are they, the fire now? Is that what it I is? I think they do have, yeah, the fire. And was? they had a team called the, something with like a B logo. It was an indoor soccer team. I cannot remember. I had it in the original draft of the book and I can't remember the name of it. But they had a team. They had a big, they had a bar in town with like a, a logo on mm-hmm. the side. And no one, everyone was like, no one watches soccer. Soccer is, nobody. You know, if you're not manly, you can play soccer. Yeah. That was the attitude. So like there's that. By the way, that maintained for quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. And so like that was. Because it's not what, a contact sport. No, it's not a contact sport. And it's from Europe. Like, you know, it's. You know, it's it's not, you know, there was this whole notion of like it's European dudes who wear like. I think we're going really hard to avoid saying that we that people used to say that soccer is gay. Yes. Like, but, I think but, that's the thing yeah. that like yeah. was the very and obviously that's and that a was when gay tox- was an insult. Yeah, like, like a know? toxic thing. And now you look at it and be like, I don't understand why that's an insult. It's just how a person is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but at the time, like, you know, yeah. not long ago. And, and it was even as, yeah. as close as the 90s. It's not yeah. even like just in the 70s they said it was <laughs> gay. It was, 90s, you know, like the 90s. I remember the boys' soccer team, you know, like really having to fight not to just be called gay all the time. Yeah. Which now it's like, cool, it's embarrassing. we're gay. It's, it's awesome. It's embarrassing to look back at, at, at that sort of behavior and, and recognize it and be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was. I was going a long way to not say gay. But yeah, so this I, was I this know. was me. And, and you know, and it was, you know, it, it's, a, it's a collaboration when I work with them, which is great because I can say like, you know, I don't think this is hitting or, you know, something I'm working on now, for example, like I just hit and I don't want to talk about the project. But, Not you know, the I'll one just, that's coming out in June. No, but the, no, this a, is a something future, I'm working on one, yeah. for the future. You know, it's it's great to have that like as you go instead of like writing the whole book sometimes and feeling like, I think I got this wrong, like, you know, and I wish I had yeah. someone to talk to about. It's it's kind of like having a group or like TV writing where, you know, you're, yeah. you're a in a room. So, yeah, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Nice. And they're really good at what they do. And they they want, you know, they know, they figure out, you know, they figure out that I like to do funny stuff. You know, there's a lot of heavy. Yeah. You way. are. You are very funny. And I think you're funnier <laughs> than you give yourself credit for. Well, thank you. I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I'm funny or not. But but, you know, I think I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, it's it's there. It's it's I I your Twitter I always find very funny. But and I'm I, milking my kids like for their commentary, you know. So I that's I never funny. Know. Yeah, I guess it's recognizing when they say something funny is funny. And then, but your the way you relate it is is funny as well. Okay, well you I appreciate just, that. On at Iva Marie I V A M A R I E on Twitter. But yeah, you are very funny. So so Thank there's you. That. so are you. I mean. I mean, I you have, have to, to be. be. If yeah. I'm not, people are like, "What's what happened?" Yeah, you got yeah. broken. 
Yeah. I always feel like sometimes you I'm like, to be is, broken this, to be funny, though. is this too try hard sometimes where I'm or like sometimes I'll tweet something that I think is the funniest thing and it's 11 likes. And I'm like, you know, what, f- you people. but that might be Elon, too. He's not letting people. Well, see he's it. just not funny at all. Oh, he's not funny <laughs> at all. But he also like yeah. something happened where like I don't think. Any, like when you can see yeah. the view numbers and it's like no one's seen anything. I'll blame the algorithm. Blame the algorithm. Certainly not my joke writing. No. Not being able to blast off at all times, <laughs> which happens now. I, I've gotten into trouble for just being like, hey, you seem like a huge piece of shit that sucks. And then people <laughs> are like, you can't say that. I'm like, oh, but I did. Yeah. I, I, I've lost jobs because of my Twitter presence. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, job? you can't say that about... I don't want to, I mean, people know, the people listening know, but like if there are large corporations that I work for where they're like, hey, you can't call the president a racist because his fans buy our stuff. And I'm like, but I'm going to do that. Yeah. And they're like, but our name is in your bio. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you should say that too. Yeah. And they're like, (laughs) get the out of here. So they they want to take you out. They want you to tone yourself down. They did. They, they, but they asked me to, and I was like, no. And they were like, all right, well, bye. And I was like, oh, what? All right. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, do, I'm so much happier now. I don't have to go to an office. I just do this on a couch. That's true. That's true. I, I, and I get to choose who comes on the show. Yeah. Instead can... of I don't have to pass it through a filter. It's okay if I bring this person on. Now no, that's like, more fun. Yeah. I and you don't have it. to worry that they might love the racist president and, you know, want to talk about how much. Some of them might have. That's true. Some of them sent me Blue Lives Matter messages during the during the riot or the the riots. I don't want to call it the riots because that's not what it was during the protests. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't want to leave this to me in print. Like, you don't want to say this to me where I can screenshot but they'll it. Be like, oh no, but it, it's not that I it, just no, can't we just, agree that blue lives also matter? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I'm like, no, they're, they're, that's their job. Like, they're fine. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, they're the most protective people, <laughs> and also no, they don't. So, but beyond that too, yeah, that it was it was very interesting. But now, so that so give me everything you got. That was sort of the the most recent publication where it's just it's just you. Just me. Now you also have series. It's called Gabby Garcia's Ultimate Playbook. Yes. What what's going on with that? Because that's middle grade as well. That's middle grade. That's like a little older, like a little older in terms of time. It, It. came out i think the first book came out in 2017 yeah and that came about i i guess i could talk about that how it came about i had submitted some stuff to harper collins an editor there who i really adore and she you know and it was a it was at the time of the paranormal romance vampire stuff this was a book about it was a it was a comedy about a mall and it was not she loved it but she took it to their sales meeting. They're like, we can't, we're not going to be able to sell a funny thing right now. So a year or so later, she came and asked if I wanted to try out for this book that, you know, they were, they, they had this character in mind. Mm -hmm. So I tried out and that's ultimately like a a person it's, it's written journal style with illustrations. And that was really fun, which I could get into, but it's about like a character Definitely is battling like some anxiety and perfectionism and also trying to play sports and keep her life. Like she thinks if she can keep everything on this like winning streak, then nothing will go wrong in her life. So it was relatable for me. Yeah. You really love writing about sports. So or you really habitually write about sports. (laughs) It's 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 I've never I'm not a good baseball player. I, I as I mentioned before we started recording, I stunk at baseball. I was good at hitting, but that's about it. I am like a dilettante. I'm not 
I, I do not know any sport inside and out. And yet I find they're great in stories because there are so many ways you can like. Oh, yeah. There's highs, highs and lows and yeah. metaphors. And oh, yeah. There, and it it's gives your goals. characters something to do. Yeah. You know, it's something not relatable. just talking. Something relatable yeah. to do. Funnily, like I, it's really hard to do sport, like to sell sports books because the word from publishers is like, well, kids who read don't are like the bookie to play kids. sports. Yeah. You know, they, they want to delineate that that thing like if you're if you're a reader you're you're just you're completely sedentary and you don't do anything which I is really a shame. i really hate that yeah i do too you i know, do too I, I, I tried very hard to push the renaissance existence of like doing all of the things and yeah you know. i have a 12 year old and he he plays basketball nonstop, but he reads like a ton i mean he yeah. reads more than like a lot of so-called avid reading adults i know you know yeah. and, and that's and he probably prefers reading to even like video games i i think he's a little what a nerd yeah he's a total nerd but yeah like it's you're about like we talk about him me and my husband we talk about him all the time we're just making fun of him the yeah whole time we just rip on him we're huge like, nerd yeah total nerd <laughs> no he's he's great and and it's and it's great and he's proof and like there are other kids who are are proof and i just think it's a shame to like put boxes around people like if you like video games you don't want to play sports or you know, if you play sports that you yeah. don't, you're not interested in, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like, how are you boxing yourself that lamely? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like that, that seems weird to me that people do that. Yeah. One of the things, here's something interesting, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but one of the segments that we have here is that we have producers. Okay. We have people that they pay money and I say their name on the show. I know. I listened. I it is that. wild to me. And from older episodes, you might've heard me read a hundred names, but we have ratified the patreon to make that a little bit more limited a little bit more of a premium and a little bit less of half of the show okay. uh, to, to make it, it was getting long okay it was getting long well, so um if you head on over to patreon.com slash jeff may not only do you get early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content like jeff has cool friends but you can also sign up for the producer tier and you can have me read off your name for example we'd like to give a shout out to mind freak 555 dan hackroyd Dan Adamski, world's humblest man. That's a good brag. That's a good brag. Norm from Cheers, Bart Fartigan, Lef, Dr. DNA. The Tubi Terror Bunny thinks you should watch more Rutger Hauer films. That's a whole username? That was somebody paid money to have me wow. say that out loud. That's I think it's Rutger Hauer. It was. It was. Shout out to Mr. Billy Beck. Hi, your friendly neighborhood mortician here to encourage you to complete an advanced directive. It's easy. Just Google it and then tell people and put it somewhere highly accessible. People are That's paying helpful. to put PSAs up here. That's very nice. I think she can write this off now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I'm going to do that she can when write I leave. That. Yeah. Yeah, you should probably do that. I should. Do you have a will? I do not. Yeah. Did I, I didn't bring a copy with at least. Like, so. do you, did you bring your will like I asked? Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'll write you into it later. Thank you. I'd appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I had to talk to my mom. I had to have a, the will talk with her oh, where I was awful. like, it was basically like, hey, you need to make me be the executor of the will. I heard you talking about that on your episode with Lori Kilmartin. Oh, yeah. How yeah. awkward that is. It's, and like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It is really it's uncomfortable. Because you're like, you're going to die. Yeah. It's and that's awful. weird. And I, it felt gross to say it, but I also wanted to be like, hey, let's not destroy things here. Shout out to the scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt dies. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> I haven't had carbs or sugar in a couple weeks. I fantasize about deli sandwiches now. Aww, I do too. I feel bad. You I don't go, have deli sandwiches? I, I, You know, what's funny is you saw me doing something very rare when you walked in. I was eating my lunch, which was one piece of buttered toast. 
I try, I avoid bread. I try to, and it's, it's good, but I just, I went pretty heavy into bread when I was young and and it didn't pay off. Yeah, no, it it can really, I mean, well, bread in the nineties, we were told like just eat bread bread. all the time. 12 slices of bread a day. I do a whole bit about it where like everything I learned in health class was a lie. Oh, it's awful. They're like, weed is a gateway drug. Now it's medicine. Eat all the bread on the planet and acne will go away. Yeah. And those were all lies. Total lies. Like kind of like where I want to go beat the shit out of my old health teacher for lying about that. I mean, the the food pyramid was not her fault. It was basically because I remember it. It was like pictures of bagels and like the food pyramid. No. no, Oh, it was him. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, their fault. I'm sorry. I don't want to say I was going to beat a woman. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe. Mine mine was pretty beatable. Mrs. Jenkins. Damn it, Mrs. Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to producer Mrs. Jenkins. Uh-oh. Was it her? Oh, yeah. Word. This is gonna be out. <laughs> I do like a, I do like a good deli sandwich. You What's don't get favorite? them anymore. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll go to Highmart and I'll get the pastrami Ben's way. Oh yeah, that's good. I mean, I love a good sandwich. I can't remember the last good one I've had. I, there's favorite? a guy on Twitter who just catalogs sandwiches around LA and especially the the best ones under ten dollars, which almost don't exist yeah. anymore. And I would love to try them all, but they're like far away. And yeah, that sometimes you we know. have to travel yeah. to places. I love a roast beef with like you know horseradish and like a, ni- a nice you know, vintage like a roast good, beef. Good yeah. Roll. yeah, like on a baguette or or like a French, that's like a French dip. French, yeah, French. Well, it's not quite a French dip because you've got to dip it if it's a French dip. I just like you know roast beef sandwich or or like a ham and cheese, like the French French baguette with like good ham, Swiss cheese, and like ton of butter and pickles which there it is, is yeah. there's nothing there's not a single That's, vegetable on that you're close to a cuban sandwich in that yeah. regard yeah you could yeah. go to porto's right down the street and get a yeah if i want to wait like eight hours to eat not but worth it no it's never worth it i, I mean you, i i love porto's but it all i i love porto's if like i show up somewhere it, and they yes. have porto's if someone delivers that's porto's awesome. to you that's fine but for those of you because i know this people come to la they visit and everybody's like you gotta go to porto's because <laughs> yahoo Yahoo said it was like the best well, sandwich in LA or the best eatery in LA it? was Porto's. Yahoo. Does Yahoo even like exist? I well, know. Well, it's when Yahoo was over in Burbank. It was probably where they got yeah. it like sent to their offices. And, and yeah. some dude was like, sure, I'll write about Porto's. This place has a line out the door no matter what. Mm-hmm. The food is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's, it's fine. okay. It's, it's not fine. it's not going to it's not where Blow I prefer to mind. eat even in Burbank. No, I know. Where's your favorite place in Burbank, though? My favorite place to eat in Burbank? Yeah. For breakfast, it's Coral Cafe. Oh, really? Uh, they never, they always are above average. Okay. They're above not always average. good, <laughs> but they're always about, and you can't you can't mess with breakfast. They, they nail breakfast. Okay. Um, for, if I want the best, ser- the best service in Burbank is Los Amigos Mexican Restaurant on Olive Ave. Oh, okay. Because that will, used to be something else, like a Michael's or something. It was like one of the first places I ate in Burbank. Los Amigos has the best. You like you will never see the bottom of your glass. Okay. Or if your salsa and bean dip is about to be out, they swoop in like Batman. Like okay. they they don't bother you during your meal, but they keep an eye on you. And as soon as you have a need, they are there to fix it with a smile on your face. Yeah. I love that place. The food's pretty good. Like yeah, the food I've never is, been there. I, I, but it sounds like they're sort of ninja-like. They, they're they just so, it's just, they're on it. 
Okay. They're just real. Like okay. I've had maybe one experience where I was like, oh, I had to wait two minutes for them to come and check on my my drink. Like right. this is weird. So there's that Highmart is a great sandwich spot, but that's not Burbank. That's yeah. North Hollywood. So, and if we were going to be like in downtown Burbank and I was being forced to eat somewhere, it might be Barney's. I haven't been to Barney's since be- I honestly had like really bad. Like it was just like everything was cold and all. Yeah, I, that I don't want to get this, but I don't want to get Barney's does, Barney's. Barney's does nachos really well. Okay. They do the nachos that are, isn't the sauce, but it's actual cheese. Okay. And that's what I need on a nacho. I don't want this like well, yeah, movie theater, you know, like. I don't want anything stuff. that you can pump onto my food. Yeah, right? right. You know. So how about you for Burbank? What do you, what do you love? Where's God, your spot? Burbank. That's a good question. I do come to NoHo. I go to Fat Dog a lot. I, I used nice to go to Highmart when I, I used to work on the corner of Lancashire and Magnolia. Yeah. That was where Disney's offices were. One of the were. worst intersection ever in the world i don't feel like i eat in burbank a lot i do like don cuco and that's probably why i haven't gone to los amigos because like i think once we went in there and and ordered margaritas and they were like you know the the giant margaritas actually like as cheap as two of these small ones and and i appreciated that so yeah. i was like okay just they're like get they're up. like get up. I, exactly i ate at don cuco relatively recently it's Oaxacan style Mexican, which yeah. is not my favorite. Okay. Okay. So you know the difference. I'm just like, did you give me a giant drink? <laughs> That's fair. And some chips? I don't drink. So oh, that's also okay. like so I lose the margarita okay. benefit okay. of that. But I tend to like non-Oaxacan. Like Oaxacan style tends to have like different, it uses different spices. They, like okay. mole is Oaxacan. It's okay. that like, and I don't really like mole. I don't like the like yeah. sweet sweet to bitter mixed with like a little bit of heat yeah i like something where it's just like we put hot sauce and salsa on your like yeah okay no i get it i i haven't yeah i haven't had their mole that much at don cuco but you're right it's not like spicy yeah like it's and i like spicy food but yeah i'm having trouble thinking of where i eat in burbank like uh, there's a lot of good stuff there's north end pizza is great on magnolia yeah i like dino's a lot dino i lived Right on the same street as and Dino's East for a Coast while. Style, they've told me, which I don't they're know. If close that's true. to East Coast like, style, yeah, yeah, they're not. Too that was far the first off, acceptable yeah. pizza I found after moving here yeah. from Chicago. Like, because I'm not a deep dish person, I like Chicago. People from Chicago are not deep dish people. No, really, no, no, and it's and it's crazy, and it's one of my pet peeves is that everyone thinks like. No, Lumalnati's is not like, known for its deep dish. Yeah. They're known for its they its have nice thin crust. crust. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that Chicago is 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 always the most violent, which is not true on a per capita basis. And that our pizza is all deep dish. It's not true, and it's really and that our only baseball team is the Cubs. Because as soon as I say I'm from Chicago, people be like Cubbies, and I'm like. I'm a White Sox fan. Well, it's just people hope you're a Cubs fan. because They don't even know the White Sox exist is funny. what really happens. Yeah. I think even in Chicago, like people forget the White Sox exist. It's north side v. South side at that oh, point yeah. in time. Yeah. That was good. You ever have my favorite burrito I've ever had in my life is at a gas station in North Hollywood. Oh, where? It's the Surf and Turf Burrito at Cilantro Mexican Grill. Take the take 170, get off on the Sherman Way West exit. Okay. And you get fed right into it. Cilantro Mexican Grill. Cilantro Mexican Grill. They have a surf and turf burrito. See, and I love restaurants that are at like a gas station because I feel like you have to be really confident to open a restaurant at a gas station, especially one that serves fish. You 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 gotta you gotta try that burrito. It is I I took 
Valerie, I tried to get her to to go for the, and she would be like, "I'm not going to eat a burrito in a gas station." I'm like, "Just, just come with me and try it." Yeah. What are you sacrificing? One meal, and then finally she had it. And she was like, "All right." And I'm like, "Are we done being a snob now? Are we done being a f- snob?" No, it's it's good. Sorry, right? it's not a forty dollar burrito that you got on in West Hollywood. What's in the surf and turf burrito from the gas station? Carne asada. Okay. Fat ass shrimp. Okay. There's a salsa. There's like a kind of crema like a ranch style crema oh, I love that. um yeah. and then your various vegetables and okay things so now like i have that. to go there right after this it's unbelievable okay. okay it is it's one of those ones where i'm like oh this is a life-changing food i don't want to get a burrito anywhere else yeah now. yeah and that's hard to find i don't i don't know like we go to tapatio over by our house mm-hmm. you know and it's by the eaton park where i go instead of maybe coral eaton park is yeah. nice too but the that place where we go for our Mexican food now, it had been like 10 different things. And then finally, like it hit on something that that worked. And and, and we're like, okay, let's just stick with this place so it doesn't close down um, because right. we can walk there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I am a big fan of of like local local fare. Yeah. Uh, of like seeing what I can eat around here and, and, and enjoying it. And God, I just, I love talking about food. No, I do too. It's, it's just one of my favorite things. And I could talk about it all day. Shout out to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Fresh, Speaking of food. Fresh Never Frozen, yeah. yeah. Also a big big fan of adoption charities. Yeah, well, he was adopted. He was adopted, yeah. He was adopted. And so was Wendy, I believe, right? Was Wendy? Yeah, I don't I don't Maybe. know. Or was Wendy supposed to be his mom? I, no, I think it was a daughter. Okay, his I daughter. Think. Okay, I'm not sure. Ooh, let's not, know, let's yeah. not libel or slander Wendy. Shout out to Eat sh- and Die Grand Canyon. Oh, you hate the Grand Canyon. It's not that I hate the Grand Canyon. I don't care about the Grand Canyon. It's just a hole. It's just a yeah. hole. It's yeah. just like it's a, cool. I I admit I thought it was just I was I was pretty I liked it. And we went over the pandemic though, so it was like going somewhere. You yeah, go to a big hole. Well, that is exciting. Yeah, you can't get COVID like in a big hole. That's the most COVID experience. It's like, well, you know, so we went to the big hole because yeah. we were, you know, bored as. F- yeah, which that was is pretty much. That's yeah, the, that's the trip, and we you stayed just at, go like, to the. The it's big like hole. Eight hour drive. We just go. <laughs> we could literally just go right now. And we went to a ghost town on the way. Like, so that that's right? the COVID, the ultimate COVID vacation. <laughs> you stop at a ghost you town. You left a ghost town. Yeah, we so left a ghost there. town to go to another ghost town and then go to a big hole. And yeah. then we stayed at like a cabin in the middle of like Flagstaff in the middle of nowhere. It was like seven miles off the main road. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna die here. But yeah, yeah, but you no, that's get how COVID there. It was like that was like how distant we felt we had to be, you know. I remember like because we look back now, and we're like, can you believe people were wearing masks in their car? I'm like, yes, I can, because yeah. we were freaked out and people were dying all the time. Yeah, I mean, this was in 2021, so it was our first trip. But it was, it was, it was like, how do we do this? Like, what do we do? Like, yeah. And then, of course, there was like a dude at the Grand Canyon, like yelling at everyone for wearing masks, like, "Oh, you're, you're." F- you know just just he went to the grand canyon just to like get in people's faces for wearing masks and we're like we this is what we're doing like i I don't know i love that i get to be the guy that's like hey little man why don't you shut the up yeah and then they're like what and i'm like yeah i'm not gonna let you talk to me like that what did you really that's gonna say come here yeah no he was he was he was you would have had fun with him and there was a big hole you could have pushed him in so i really don't know maybe you should go to the grand canyon more murders should occur at the grand canyon than they do yeah yeah. Or unless they're just they're happening and people never. I mean, it might be hard to find out about them. Like you know, yeah, if you go you to the bottom it? of that, like no there's one's gonna. A know. lot going on. 
But there's also a lot of people there. And of course, thank you to the wandering, unpierced left nipple. Very interesting choice. Do you know them personally or no? The wandering, unpierced left nipple? I will say this. That person likes most of my stories on Instagram. What a nice person. So yeah, I f*** this person. Okay. Shout out. And clearly that's the name you want, so I'm not going to say his real name, but shout out. Good for him. I appre- I see that you I see that you heart all of my stories. That's a um, nice feeling, I have to admit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is cuz I I always feel like I post a lot of the boxing stuff uh-huh. and I'm just like I did it. If I did it, you can because I feel fine and I survived. And then yeah. people are like, "Yes, I'm going to do it." So I get tagged. Inspiration. I I try to be, but also it's like I know I'm also very small. I'm a smaller a smaller account. So yeah. like it's a I'm I'm more of a cult hey, experience I, for would, people, yeah. I think being a cult experience though is kind of good. Like yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like people who follow cult stuff tend to like appreciate that with a more depth than like the mass it's kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean I have this conversation with, with my girlfriend a lot because she's a much more mainstream performer. Uh-huh. She's mainstream comic. She had the blue check mark on Twitter and was on yeah. Conan and stuff like that. And I have a clearly a much smaller fan base, but what happens is my fan base is so concentrated that they're just like that they keep me alive and exalt me in a way that I'm, it's almost embarrassing where it's like, I'm, I'm just like, I feel like I'm like, I don't deserve this much support because I, I hate myself apparently. Well, you kind of have to be to do anything. I think so. Yeah. To do it well. I, I really believe that. Show me an artist that really likes themselves and show me an artist that I don't want to hang out with. Yeah, right? Like, wait, you like yourself? It's like, how? You have a book coming out in June. Yes. Which is why you thought that we were recording in June. And yes. I had to remind you that, no, we scheduled this for today. Yes, which I appreciate. I'm fine with yeah. it. I I just apparently, I usually keep a really great calendar. And I had June 13th in my head. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It's two weeks before yeah. the book. Is it open for pre-sale yet? Or? It is open for pre-sale. Okay. What's it? Tell me about this book. Okay. What's it about? Um, this is called The Jules Verne Prophecy. And this is a project I did with a friend and co-writer, Larry Schwartz. He lives in Montauk. I don't mm-hmm. really, we don't like hang out in person much, but we talk a lot. He was a, like he owned an animation company and a toy company back in the day. And he got into writing, you know, different, well, through the cartoons, like writing kids mm-hmm. book ideas or whatever. So this is like a passion of his, all this nautical and Jules Verne stuff. So he kind of had this this idea and then we worked out like how it could be a book and possibly a series. Mm-hmm. It's about a kid. Holy <laughs> I looked up Larry Schwartz and the first thing that came up is biography of Larry Schwartz, convicted murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Larry Schwartz. And I was like, what? I think there's two different spellings. His spelling is weird too. So like he, he doesn't S-C- have the T. He yeah, doesn't, he have, doesn't the have the T the, in there. The yeah. yeah, it's like Schwarz. Yeah. And yeah, so he's he's really into all things nautical and Jules Verne. And this was like oh, yeah, his childhood he, hobby. So he worked um, on a lot of cartoons. Yeah, like he did. Speed, he did some speed racer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So he's got like that that cred with this crowd that I don't. Um, I think you were trying to sell me on him for my show. Yeah, and then yeah, I was well, I like, didn't know if you wanted us both to come on. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was, like, I was I like, I was like, no, I'm sure he's awesome, but I don't know him, so I can't really have him on the on the. This cool. is my friend show because yes. 
I, I, it took me a minute to yeah. get that. I'm sure you guys would hit it off though. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, he's great. And so he had this idea and it's about like a 13 year old kid who, you know, he's, he's tagging along with his mom as she has to go teach in Paris and she's signed him up for this class he doesn't want to do to like help his English grade. And through the class, he makes some friends and they happen upon a book that's rumored to contain like treasure maps to Jules Verne, a treasure that Jules Verne hid in Paris. So it's kind of a mix of like, you know, national treasure and, you know, like. Say the Goonies. The Goonies. I mean, the Goonies is what they have, I think, on the the thing. It sure is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And there is there is a there is a a very Goonies-esque scene in the catacombs of this book. So, yeah, they go all around Paris. It's it's probably great if you have listeners who have, you know, kids in that. I would say like if the character is 13, the kids reading it are probably younger well, um, but, yeah. because it's it's just you don't you tend to like read a little. Above your your heroes are a little above you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say like that nine to 12 age range is is where it's yeah. at. Um, is and, this is this tied at all into like the fact that Jules Verne predicted so much Yeah, sh- I mean, that was yeah. what was like fascinating about him yeah. is if you read. And I learned all this because I hadn't read a lot of his stuff until I took this, you know, I started working on this with Larry. He like he predicted not just like big things like space travel or, you know, something else. There was like submarines. Deep sea. Yeah. 20,000 leagues under thing. the sea. Yeah. He, he predicted things like fax machines and I mean, the Internet, which is a big thing. But yeah. he had a line in one of his books about, you know, something that basically describes the internet high speed um, trains high the speed internal tra- combustion engine yeah. like he has he really sort of was like we'll get there yeah and it's crazy it's almost like did he have a time machine so and that doesn't come into play <laughs> but Whoa. but yeah there's a lot of cool stuff with with him in this book and you know of course like a villain who you know i i'm not gonna say it's like the goonies lady but because she's not but she's dead She's dead. She's dead. So it Mr. can't be Tully the Goonies lady. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, so so they they go on this journey around Paris. They they solve codes, solve crack codes and find clues. Oh, so it's it's like this sort of like Da Vinci code kind of piece uh, to it. I yeah, love that. So yeah. it's a treasure hunt. It's yeah, a it's a, treasure a literary hunt. treasure hunt. Yeah, and I won't reveal what they find at the end. But yeah, it's, Oh, you it's, don't want to spoil the ending no, of the book that you're trying to sell? Yeah. Not yet. No. I, I'll wait till the next episode we do. But yeah, so that 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 one comes out June 27th, I believe. I'm excited about that. You, you can access this. And and unfortunately, the first thing that came up is my least favorite website on the planet, Amazon. Amazon.com. But you can look up if you Google Jules Verne Prophecy. Mm-hmm. And then if you Google Iva Marie Palmer or Larry Schwarz, then that will... Schwarz or Schwartz? Schwarz, I believe. Does he go by Schwarz? I don't know how he says it. You know, like I... Because I, I feel like I've said Schwartz and I don't think that's correct. You should um, ask him. Yeah, I really should ask him. I mean, he's told me, and it's like one of those things where oh, yeah. I think there's no T. He's not Schwartz. important enough for you to remember. I yeah, get I'm it. a jerk. I mean, yeah. you can, he'll attest to that. I'm a jerk. Sometimes I'll ask people how to pronounce their names, and they'll say, oh, you know, it's, it's whatever. And then yeah. I go, you know, that's like incorrect, right? You know, that's not like the correct answer is like, you have a name. You're allowed to tell. And you're allowed to tell me how to say it. So I don't butcher it. If it's slightly weird, I'll figure it out. I yeah. know how to produce sounds. <laughs> like I'm. No, it's true. And I, I mean, it's just. I think I've always like. He's just gone by Larry, and I'm like, gosh, how I really like. I don't know that I've ever even. He uses my last name. Like so. Yeah, we should really work that out. 
But yeah, I do that. Larry and Iva teamed up together. <laughs> exactly. How long did it take to put this out? To get um, this finished? Oh gosh. Like when did we start? I mean, I think, you know, due to some, like our, our editor changed publishing houses. So oh. I feel like we've been working on this for a long time, but it, all told, it's probably like a year of work. My big question is how long does it take to make a book? And I know that that seems like an overly simplified question, but I do feel like, and I, I didn't want to ask this question at the top. Sure. I wanted to wait until we got through there. But my finish is, if I want to write a 200-page young adult book, yeah. how long is that going to take? That's a good question. So, okay, if you have, I, I would say, like, if you have the idea, and I'm telling this to your listeners too, I yes. am a big believer That's how in some work. kind of outline, right? Yes. Because I really think... Like I have started so many things where I don't have an outline. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to do this. And I stall out. Like as soon as I, it's it's like that line in Mad Men where she tells Don Draper, you only like the beginnings of things. I'm yep. Don Draper when it comes to like writing a new draft. I like, oh, yeah. oh the I beginning was So great. many abandoned podcasts yes. and, that I've um, made. Yeah. You know, you know. So, so, but when I do, I take the time and trouble to outline it, which I would say spend a few weeks, maybe even a month on. And then and then write it. You know, I'd say you can get a first draft together with diligent writing and not even like all day Stephen King writing. But like what, two hours like a day, three hours a day? Two, three, you know, I, I always say like try to sit down for an hour a day and like hit, you know, 200 words. And then if it if you're feeling it, you'll keep going, keep going right? Yeah. And uh, I tend to like to also stop though before I've said everything I possibly can say. Mm-hmm which I'm not showing here because I'm just talking and talking. But yeah, so I'd say you can probably get a good, decent first draft done in, in you know, within three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with like taking some time off. And then and then I'd say, you know, you'll probably want to put it in a drawer and then take it out to revise. Or if you have an editor, they will fortunately like look at your first draft, which is awesome. Or if you have a friend who's good at that kind of thing. But, but in terms of producing like a published book with a big, ho- like a house, like a publishing house, I mean, it... it the pro- that's where it's like you just wait forever. We finished really? the draft of this last year and then you'd go through, you know, copy edits and like another round of like copy edit. You know, it's just there's endless rounds. Like if you if you want to write a book, just know you're going to look at it and read it like 8000 times before it sees the light of day. Are you sick of the book? You do get kind of sick of it. Yeah. Like I mean, now it's been put to bed and I'm working on the second one, but the, when you say the second like one, you mean you the mean the, the volume two of the Jules Verne yes. prophecy. Okay. Yes. So now, is it going to be called the Jules Verne prophecy two, or is it going to have a different name that says like another? I think it's the Jules Verne. Pro- the working title is the Jules Verne prophecy to Maelstrom Mayhem. That's a cool name. Yeah, it's cool, right? Very um, stormy. Yeah, very stormy. And this one's set in Connecticut, in Mystic, Connecticut. So, Ooh, Mystic you know. Seaport. Yeah, it's very cool. We can go to Mystic Pizza. I know. I'm really, I really want, I would love to be the author to do like the research trip to Mystic. Go to Mystic. I should. It's great. Mystic Pizza. It's great. The aquarium looks really cool too. Yeah, well, Mystic Seaport, Mystic yeah. Aquarium. Yeah, because that's, yeah, that's figuring in. That's like one of my mom's favorite places Isn't in the it? world to go to. Yeah, because so we're you're from near there. Yeah, yeah you're we're from the East Coast. We're from about. Even though we're from Massachusetts, getting to like Rhode Island is about maybe a 40 minute drive max. Oh, that's not bad. What's funny is you don't realize how big California is yeah. until you drive for two hours in New England and you've gone through three states. Well, yeah, New England's so much more like Europe. 
like hor- because it's you a can horse go everywhere because yeah. it's old yeah it's old and like, <laughs> like here it's like you could drive for four hours and not even be to the top of our state yeah dude people ask me that all the time i mean i'm, I'm sure i'm sure i've said it on the pod before but people back home are like hey do you ever get up to get up to san francisco a lot yeah and then i go oh do you go to baltimore a lot <laughs> and they're yeah. like no that's like five states away and i'm like yes People don't get it, right? But it's like whenever there's a weather emergency, do you get that too? Because it's like, you know, there will be like a wildfire like four hours away. You okay? house on fire? It's like, it's fine. Like it's it's really far away. I I tell people, I'm like, if my house was to get hit by any kind of fire, that would have to be a smart ass fire. Yeah. To like hop over all this concrete where it can't burn. Oh yeah. Like even the ones I have been able to see from our house have been still like really... They're, they're never like, going to touch your house. Touch yeah. You. yeah, but it's it's just like any weather. Like when the rain was happening and there were all the mudslides. I'm like, I don't I don't live on yeah. the cliffs. Like I don't. Sinkholes we have to worry yeah, about, but sinkholes. not mudslides. No, no, we're fine. Yeah, so but but basically to just say about books, like the longest amount of time that you're waiting is like once you turn in that final, final draft and you get all the cover art and all this stuff and then you have to wait. I feel like it's almost a year for them to get it out and oh, I don't geez. know. I think some of that is just lead time to market it and get libraries to stock it and stores to stock it and do you think this will be a bigger bigger event than than 2020 gosh i mean i mean even the one in 2020 i was done with that book in 2019 but but yeah i I think it will be i feel pretty good about like the publisher right now like what they're doing and and they're they're excited about it and we'll see what happens i love it i'm really looking forward to it so if you guys got young if you if you folks have young kids and you want to check out this book it's coming out june 27th 2023 the jules verne prophecy ask your local bookstore to carry it i'm gonna i mean yes please get it however you want but i'm gonna ask you not to use amazon as a personal favor no, and I, I think that's fine. I think bookshop.org is a great one. That's, they go that sounds way better. Your local indie store to order it. And I'm even a big fan again of Barnes and Noble. I've been getting a lot of my books at Barnes and Noble yeah. because they actually have people in the store that give a crap about books. People that are trying to keep they, bookstores yeah. alive. Yeah, too. and it's a cool place. They do let you still hang out in there and you know, linger around. But or, you know, if you don't want to buy a book. It's also really cool. Authors will tell you, request the book from your library because then your library will buy it. Yeah. And that's great for do, us. Do you, do you ever go to the Iliad? I have been. I haven't been in a long time. Not since the fire. I donated money to their GoFundMe since they yeah. like whatever. Someone tried to. That's a, for those of you that are, don't understand. That is a local yeah. used bookstore. That is just the best. And I give them credit for helping me win the Netflix game show. Did they? How did they do that? That's where I bought a bunch of those bathroom readers that are like weird facts. Those Uncle John. Yeah. I was obsessed with you those know, as a kid. I yeah. was too. But I was like, because the, all the questions I noticed when we were doing like the little run throughs yeah. were very much like questions you would have pulled from reading that. Yeah. And I was like, I noticed that habit. So I went and bought four of them used okay. for like four bucks a piece yeah and i just spent the whole weekend reading those books and remembering all these like weird facts then you and then when i went on the trivia show and they asked me all these trivia questions i plowed through it are you going to try to get on any more game shows the rules for getting on game shows is very difficult okay if i could win a quarter of a million dollars every two years on a game show i would yeah Uh, i won't 
Definitely. You you have certain times that you have to like wait before you're allowed on the next one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I really wanted to get on like Wheel of Fortune, for example. You could do that. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's that's hard surprisingly just to get easy to get onto Wheel of Fortune, it? though. It's easier than you'd think because you're local. Okay. So like you get to be like an alternate so oh. much faster. Okay. I was in the Jeopardy pool when I was younger, never got tagged okay. back when I was in Massachusetts. Okay. And unfortunately, I can't really do Jeopardy now because of it's a trivia game show. And, oh, and you that. did the other one. But at the same time, I've had friends that were out here that because they were local, it was just like, oh, we can get you right now. Like, we need somebody local. Let's go. Cool. And and so they, okay. they'd pull them in. So you I might want to look into that. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. That's that's I haven't watched it in a long time. And right, I, playing playing te- TV ga- hangman. So we're gonna we're gonna get going. From patrons, we're gonna stick around. We're gonna have a little bonus content where we're gonna talk a little bit about some sports stuff. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. I know that you don't even like sports. Hey, that's the name of a show I do. I do. You have anything else that you want to promote? We have the Jules Verne prophecy coming up. We have Gabby Garcia's Ultimate Playbook. We have give me everything you got. give me everything you got. We also have the end of the world as we know it, which is another one that we didn't really have a lot of time to talk yeah, that's about. That's older and it's only available for Kindle. And if you don't like oh, Amazon, well, it's, you know. yeah, but it's a good book. I do not. I I want to thank you though, and you know, and I think you know when you're talking about your patreons, I think the people who listen and enjoy this show should you know absolutely patronize like you know be a patreon. They, they, you know, they're getting something out of it. It's, it's, it's a big thing right now when you look at all the, the, the writer's strike and, and that kind of thing that, that we should really be paying for content. It's so um, hard to create something that most people are like, this is free. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard for, for those of you that are listening to me for free. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It means the world to me that you're just giving me your ears and eyes for those of you that are paying me money on Patreon. I like you so much more than those other ass. <laughs> No, <laughs> this, but head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May. I just revamped the Patreon with new tiers. The producer tier is a premium. We we can also talk about how I have the you get the Jeff May rookie card tier where you are literally going to be getting a care package from me every month, a personalized care package. I have been piecing them together. It's so much fun. I send a little questionnaire. People tell me their favorite teams, their favorite interests, and I send them all this cool shit that from stuff that I've pulled out of packs, from stuff that I've come across. Oh, cool. Buttons, pins, merch, it's everything. like Santa like, Claus. It is a little bit like that. And we're going to we're gonna be going through some stuff too in that point. But uh, check that out. You can also hear Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people that hate sports, both on the Unpops Network, as well as Adam and I's monthly show, You Don't Even Like Sports Cards, a YouTube streaming show where Adam, Todd Brown, and I open packs of trading cards and we make fun of everything we do. It's a lot of fun. You can also hear me on Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. And if you want to see me live, Mint on Card is the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past in beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California. You just missed April's April 14th show, but next May will be May 12th and that will be live and that show is free and we got a banging lineup for that as well. I have a say goodbye to the free folks. Goodbye, free folks. Bye. Hey everyone, our artwork is created by Justin T. Brown, who can be found at Artness by Justin Brown on Instagram, as well as artnessbyjustinbrown.com. That dope music you heard is by Troy Nababon, available at Troy Nababon on Instagram, as well as at troynababon.com. 
Nababan is spelled N-A-B-A-B-A-N, and boy, does that shred. Thank you all so much for listening. See you next time.